the tabletop Take away Game mechanics on display Three designers share the stage Pick a genre and we'll play The tabletop Take away All right, and welcome back here. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Visitor in Blackwood Grove. I am Trevor Muller-Hagel. I'm Ananda Gunaratna. And I'm Charlie McCarran. And thank you for joining us today. So uh, this game is very interesting. It's in our uh, logical induction series. And it, it takes it a, a different way from, especially from Zendo and also from uh, Turing Machine in our next one. But... Uh, it really focuses more on the different roles people have. And so you're, it's almost got this RPG element to it where you are playing a role, uh, either the visitor, a CIA, CIA FBI agent of some kind, uh, and or the kid. And obviously the visitor and the kid want to, you know, go away together, I guess. You know, he's trying to bring obviously. the kid into his... Uh, his dome of protection. The visitor being an alien. The visitor yeah. being an yeah. alien, not yeah. a stranger on the street. Thank yeah. you for the clarification. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like an E.T. type situation. Uh, yeah, E.T. E.T. is a great yep. example. If his spaceship had a protective dome around it and the police yeah. were trying to break into mm-hmm. it, that's very much the feel of this game. And the uh, kid even has a bicycle the on the card. The kid even has a bicycle like, on yeah. the card. Very theme is clear. great. <laughs> very, very thick with theme as opposed to Zendo, which had literally zero theme. Uh, so it's it's a big step in a, in a different direction, but the main way you interact with it is the visitor is going to show examples of cards that can get into the dome. That cards are made up of uh, objects or things from our world. Uh, from you know, could be a dinosaur, it could be a brain, it could be matches, it could be a pot, uh, a fire, you know, candlestick, you know, any 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 kind of thing, and they will have one rule. The visitor will have a rule that they use to determine if things will get through the barrier or not. And it's up to everyone else to figure out what that rule is. Uh, if the kid proves it, or, uh, yeah, if the kid proves it, he gets through and wins. If the CIA proves it, FBI, etc., then they win. Uh, but they have different ways of interacting with the visitor. Uh, the visitor, well, how would you... Because the, kid, the yeah. kid is basically like throwing stuff at the, the, <laughs> the horse was, field. That was absolutely how we... bounce yeah. off. Yeah. And we even probably did the sound effect as we were Pew. like, boink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't fit. Yeah. So uh, so they're sitting there trying to just throw things, and if enough things stick, uh, then they get to build trust with the alien. Yes. And and the, the kid is testing things in public, um, so everyone can see... Right. That's very important. ...their tests. Up until they get enough trust, at which point they can hide it. Right. And then the FBI CIA is actually testing slowly every time, but can see what the kid is doing at first. So they're getting a little bit extra information going on, uh, but ultimately that kind of flips on its head when the, the visitor and the kid build up enough trust. Right. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a definite progression system here with the trust between the kid and the visitor who are on the same team. Right. Right. And uh, so if you're just coming into this podcast, too... Uh, like our last episode, we talked about what logical induction is, and I think this game is an awesome example of that because you're you don't know what the rule is, and you're trying to figure it out by testing um, versus logical deduction, which is you know what the rule is, and you're trying to figure out what the details are. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a lot of people get that confused, but yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. So this this one is. 
pretty interesting. Um, like you were saying, because of the different roles, right? Um, it it feels quite different to be the the kid versus one of the agencies. The agencies are sort of on a team, but also sort of not, because like they all want to be the one to get through so they can be promoted. But if the the visitor and the kid can't win by the end of the game, all of the agents win together. Right. Right. Um, so there's a lot more allegiances and alliances in this game, which really is is different from the other induction games we have here. Right. And also the, the sort of trust level up system where the kid and visitor can get stronger. Yeah. It almost feels like a, an RPG of sorts. Uh, and obviously not like a full RPG, but, you know, you're playing this role and it really feels like you are playing that role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except all, all of the level ups uh, are information related. So the right. rewards you get, uh, of course, it being an induction game, it's all about information. And the rewards are also deal with information, like being able to hide information from the agents or being able to look at uh, secret cards that the agents have played um, to see what they learned, mm -hmm. um, yeah. just stuff like that. And well, I think the charm of it comes from, you know, there's a lot of games where word association games where you're trying to connect to a lot of things like code names, it, and this feels like that. But the most fun part is that the person um, who's the uh, I guess, moderator, visitor, uh, can really f just kind of decide what the rule can be. You have some prompt cards that you can pick from, but it feels like a very creative role. Yeah. Well, and that, that actually brings me to, to one point, which is that unlike Zendo, um, the rules in this game are not necessarily uh, clear-cut. Sometimes, oh, yeah. yeah, sometimes you have situations where you're not sure how to classify an object and you have to make a judgment call. And depending on whether you're classifying it for the kid or the agent, that might affect, um, right. you know, mm -hmm. how, how your judgment call goes. Uh, especially since if the kid guesses the classification correctly, they're rewarded for it. How, how do you guys feel about that fuzziness? I, I thought it was cool because, so one as an example, the card I got said warmer than room temperature. And I love that clue because it's like looking at, you know, matches. Uh, I tweaked the rule in my head to be often or sometimes warmer than uh, room temperature because matches obviously can be warmer than room temperature. Yeah. And then... A card came out that was actually a house, and I'm like, "Well, this is hilarious." What is right. room temperature? Like, it is often warmer than room temperature too. So, I think as the clue giver, it was funny trying to categorize those, and also with these weird random rules, like uh, seeing you guys totally stumped was hilarious. That was a really hard one. You, when you were the visitor, oh my god, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, we I had something down at one point where I thought like oh it has like either metal or like something like that to do with it and I was just completely off. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the obvious like when you look at the objects, you're thinking, well, it's animals versus like metal or right. objects and stuff. And then suddenly, I make sure that I put a fish in there to show you that like oh a fish is actually colder than room temperature. So <laughs> that was so tough. Uh, but what I love about it is that you don't like really need to know the rule verbatim yeah you just have to have a feel of what the rule might be 
Yeah, it's it's remarkably vibes based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, the the victory condition. In order to guess the rule, you don't actually guess the rule. You, what you do is you you draw four cards at random, and you predict which ones will get through the field. And if you're right, then you're well. If you're an agent, then you win. And if you're the kid, then you will win with the visitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't actually need to know the rule. And in fact, depending on the cards you get, you could. Uh, I mean, there's a one in sixteen chance of getting it completely at random. But if you have some idea of the of some sorts of objects that get through, even if you're not sure why, um, you can sometimes just guess and win that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, which This is actually sort of um, making me think of a game I have designed that's in progress still, but drawbacks, um, if you remember that drawing game, very different thing, but someone is drawing based on a clue word, and they have some drawbacks where... They might have to draw with their eyes closed or oh. one uh, left-handed or things like that. And so their drawing is going to be hard to decipher what oh, it is. Yeah. And people don't have to guess what the drawing is. They actually draw um, their own interpretation of that drawing. So you, that was, uh, yeah, my friend Pete and I kind of brainstormed this. And I thought that was such a fun hook where it's like you don't actually have to guess the exact word, which a lot of like Pictionary, mm-hmm. those kind of games require you to do. Uh, so yeah, I appreciated that about this game too. Well, I also appreciate that you know we're throwing items at this barrier, and one of which is the planet Saturn. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So like you can have just completely wild concepts in here uh, that go through the barrier or not. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit more you know surreal at that point, but. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a lot of good fun stuff. Hmm. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, to some extent, I agree. But I, I, I do. The the fuzziness does bother me a little bit, sure. uh, just based on the incentives, because there there's a strong incentive as the visitor to help the kid and mm-hmm. to not help the agents. Right. And there are times when uh, you have to make a judgment call about an object. And of course, since you're on the kids' team, you are more likely to rule in favor of the kid. And there's nothing in the rules that really stop that. I mean, the the rules do a good job of incentivizing good behavior for the most part. But that's just one place um, where it it doesn't really, uh, you know, have have an incentive not to sort of nudge things in the kids' direction. For sure. Well, and it seems like the kind of game that's really going to favor one side or the other as the player count increases. I, I may not be correct about that entirely because we haven't played at a higher than three count, but since it goes up to six, if they're all going to be different agencies, they're pulling more information, prodding, but they're not sharing, right? That's right. Yeah, they don't share the information okay. with each other. So they, they, each one has some information, but they're, they're cut off okay. uh, from each mm-hmm. other. The one thing, I really like this game, and I think it could be like even more popular like i'd never heard of it until ananda found <laughs> yeah, it at a bookstore somewhere or... yeah i think i got it half price book yeah and i wonder if the game was repackaged with a, lo- a few less rules because it is a slightly intimidating to look at the um yeah. like trust information track. board and trust and there's all these roles where it's like if you d- you could just play this game with just the cards Pretty much that just yes. have pictures on them. Yeah, I, I did feel like it had maybe a few more rules than it needed. Yeah. 
Certainly. But, you know, I, I think it's a really cool design. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I really like the trust buildup because at first the kid feels like they're really at a disadvantage. Yeah. Because uh, they just, they're showing what they're learning. Uh, and the, so the agents all have that information too. And so to have that trust grow and then that switches is really nice for me. Uh, so as long as it can keep that feel, then mm-hmm. I, I would agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, I think my big takeaway uh, from this game is that when you're designing an induction game, you don't necessarily need players to explicitly guess the rule. You can have systems like this one where as, as long as they can um, like complete some task correctly based on rule knowledge, uh, you know they can still win. You have to be careful how you do it, but um, it, it, it's it in a way it lets players uh, play the game on an unconscious level uh, rather than uh, in Zendo, of course, you need to consciously figure out what the rule is and mm-hmm. guess it. But in this game, you can just sort of an unconscious feel for what sorts of things obey or do not obey the rule. Right, um, right. Which I, I think is, that's useful. That's certainly something you could use in other games. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my takeaway um, from this one that feeling of, oh, I'm just trying things out and this might work or it might not work. Um, it might bounce off the force field. I really love that feeling because there's a lot of games where if you do something wrong, like you're set back for a really long time. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, it's hard to catch up if you make a mistake in a game on some of these like heavier Euro type games. And I love the idea that you can just try something and fail but you know you're not totally set back you can fail faster mm-hmm. yeah yeah learn from it <laughs> exactly uh yeah for me uh i was kind of floored at the integration of these roles in a social or in a uh, logical induction game because you have these different ways almost almost asymmetry happening where everyone kind of reacts with everything a little bit differently, but not so different that everyone has a completely unique experience. So you're all kind of vying for the same thing, and it plays so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I, I I guess my big takeaway is being able to have these different approaches to interacting with the game, which can encourage you to want to try the different roles and kind of really experiment and explore it more. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of that, so I, I wanna I wanna see about trying to do more of that in my yeah, especially in my simpler designs. I would never have thought about that for a simpler design. So yeah, it's that's really yeah. a good point because yeah, asymmetric asymmetric games. You think of like Vast or Root right, right away, where it's where completely it's, different. Everyone's playing their own really complicated system. Yeah, and this is just oh, it's really obvious based on what the roles are. Mm-hmm. The kid's gonna try to bounce things off. They. <laughs> Aliens trying to give them clues. The FBI is more like secretive and secretive and logical and logical yeah. about it. I, I also I like how the, the the kid role specifically incorporates a sort of push your luck yeah. aspect, mm-hmm. right. which I th- I think works really well here. Yeah, um, because the the way it works is um, the kid gets to yeah they're throwing things against the force field, but they're also predicting whether each thing will go through or not. 
and the more things they guess correct, the more trust they get. But if they get something wrong, they lose any other trust that they earned that turn, mm-hmm. um, which is it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, OK, you know, how many things can I get through before I should just stop? Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you get one thing through and you're pretty low on that trust level, do you just stop at that one thing? Because like you have no idea what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this one is a theme first design or if, I'd be curious. Yeah. Or like maybe somewhere in the, the, middle, in the middle, like they had had the idea for this logical induction game. And they're like, well, what theme would work? Um, I don't know. How about aliens trying to give clues? But as soon as they... I don't know. It feels yeah. pretty theme forward. The, the theme works pretty well. Yeah. The, yeah. the whole E.T. Yeah. thing. Well, cool. Uh, any final thoughts about Visitor in Blackwood Grove? I mean, I, I like it. Uh, I think... Um, I mean, I, I do have a few problems with the fuzziness, but I, I think it's a great example of uh, how to have asymmetric roles in a logical induction game um, with uh, sort of fuzzy, unconscious induction. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, we we haven't really mentioned designer names on the show yet. And so shout out to Mary Flanagan and Max Seedman uh, for making this Very game. nice work. And, yeah, if you're curious, hope you can find a copy somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned next week for Turing, Turing Machine. Machine. Hey, thanks for listening to The Tabletop Takeaway. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So please tell your friends and visit our website at thetabletoptakeaway.com where you can suggest games and mechanics for us to cover next on the show. Mm